pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 325. Today I'm going to chat with Paige Rowe, aka Some Chick Who Shoots. Discuss a recent to a win in Maryland, highlight new guns and suppressors from PTR, and talk about the hazards of the selfie. I'm your host, Ava Flanell. Paige, how are you doing today? I am great, Ava. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, made it through Thanksgiving, which yes. was nice because I had like 22 people at my house. And, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was... And you know what? I'm such an idiot. Like I have like no perception of like how much people eat. Like I and I anytime I host a party, I'm always afraid that I'm not gonna have enough food. So okay. I literally had I, yeah. three turkeys. Yes. I had three turkeys. I made two like uh big tin fulls of each dish. When in reality the the size of these tins, I could have just done one. I had mm-hmm. so much food, like I felt so bad. And then also just like the hors d'oeuvres and stuff that I put out, I did like a beautiful, like not just charcuterie board, but charcuterie boards, uh, like all kinds of stuff. And I, it was just, it was so much food. But are you a, are you a, a leftover eater? I mean, I do. I love leftovers, uh, so, especially when it comes to Thanksgiving. Yeah, I hosted, we do th- uh, Thursday Thanksgiving with my family and then Friday, we do it with my fiance's family and I hosted for the first time ever and I was panicking. So I made a turkey. There was only 10 of us, but same thing. I made two dishes for everyone because last year I was not able to go home with leftovers and I was not happy. So I was like, we're making sure that I have enough for leftovers. <laughs> well, that's, so that's exactly what I did because I was like, think if, of any holiday, like for people to leave especially hungry especially on like thanksgiving i was like oh it's not happening so let me guess did you like you hosted probably the first day and then used the leftovers for the second day (laughs) i wish no i did not host the first day so i went to my family's house they hosted i made cranberry sauce that was like the only thing i had to do and then uh friday i had to cook the whole meal but it was so much fun. Like Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. I love cooking all the food. I love like the prep and everyone just hanging out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But with all the leftovers, I made this super yummy. Have you ever made like a ham bone soup? No. Oh my gosh, you have to. So I did the leftover ham bone and I did the leftover turkey because I kind of butchered the turkey, but that's okay. Yeah. We're moving on. The ham was great. And I threw in like, you know, like the onions, the carrots, all the little fixings. And I made a like ham bone soup. It was so, so yummy for the next day, like watching football and hanging out. Yeah. Huh, Great. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, I still have leftovers in my refrigerator and I'm like, all right, maybe it's time to throw it away because it's been a little while now and like mm-hmm. I'll eat leftovers, it's but fine. then I'm also super weird about eating anything that goes bad. So, yeah, but hopefully everybody else had a really great Thanksgiving. I I mean, even though I had tons of leftovers and stuff, it was still it was so much fun. And same Thanksgiving is like one of my favorite holidays just because it's like the least commercialized and it's just a bunch of people getting together and like sharing a meal, which doesn't really happen that often anymore. Right. And I, I agree. Yeah. So I loved it. Before we start with the show, talking about one of the sponsors, BSF Barrels. They have new bolt carrier groups. They have BCGs for both the AR-15 and AR-10, either in black nitride or nickel boron finishes. The AR-15, you can get them for like the standard 5.56-300 blackout, as well as the 6.5 Grendel and 9mm. They range from 169 to 189, depending on the finish. And then when it comes to the AR-10 platform, they range anywhere from 189 to 229, which is pretty competitive for a good AR-10, you know, bolt carrier group. They're in stock right now and available. Check it out. Go to bsfbarrels.com. Don't forget to use the code ELITE15, all one word, and that's getting you 15% off your entire order. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry.
All right. So Paige, really excited to have you on. I'm going to try to give my best uh, synopsis of everything that you do. Because, <laughs> I mean, you're kind of like me. You have your hands in like everything. Yeah. So you, let's see, you're a full-time instructor. You are a contributor for Turning Point USA. You just came out with a new show, which we'll talk about. And then your family also owns uh, Shooter's World in Arizona. But before we start talking about that, I'm really curious, what got you started in the industry? Range, because they didn't put us in daycare or anything. Mm -hmm. And so I would go down and I would watch my dad sell guns. And that's how I really like, I compare it to, you know, you growing up in your family's restaurant, I just grew up in my family's shooting range. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you can kind of relate to that of just being raised in kind of like the gun world on the weekends. I would work gun shows with my dad and that's how I made like a little extra cash as an eight-year-old. Yeah. And that was my life. I didn't, no one in my family nor I really thought that it was going to be my profession. I was actually going to Arizona State University to be a wedding planner in 2019. And it ended in 2020 when the pandemic started. So uh, I was going to school. I wanted to do massive weddings for like five-star resorts. And I was in my senior year and I was also uh, a qualified NRA instructor. And I was teaching like on the weekends, once or twice a month at my family's range just to make a little extra money. And I really enjoyed doing it. And that's kind of what made me start in my Instagram. I had women's classes. They wanted help with concealed carry. I didn't really have, couldn't find any resources that I felt comfortable with sharing with them. So I was like, I'm just going to start my own. Uh, So I started some Chiku Shoots as a private account only for my students. And I named it Some Chiku Shoots because I did not want my public name attached to it. So I actually didn't have my name on it until uh, two years after I started the account. So anyone that would come into our stores and ask for some chick, they knew not to not to tell them if I was there or not because I was still working at the shooting range. And then 2020 hit and events went away and there was a huge spike in gun sales, as you know. And my parents said, you, you're not planning events anymore and you need to start teaching more classes because you're our only female instructor. And I said, great, sign me up. So I started teaching more. It turned into a full-time position kind of overnight. And then that kind of fast-tracked. I never went back to school. I started being more public on my social media. That's how Turning Point USA found me. And that's when I started putting my my actual name on my Instagram and started, you know, publicly being paid true. And I got uh, I got promoted to being the training coordinator. So I was actually uh, training our instructors to teach and qualifying them. And then it kind of just fast tracked. And I realized that I was only getting students from my Instagram and from my following on my platforms. And so I talked to my parents and I said, I need to step away and start doing my own thing. And so at the beginning of 2022, I fully stepped away and now I'm my own training group traveling around the country. Wow. Your story is actually very similar to mine. So my parents owned a gun store and a gun range and all of that Mm -hmm. and, you know, grew up like my dad also. So my parents own like six businesses together. And I don't know, I haven't been this public about it up until this year, but my dad's Dragon Man and he's known as like the most armed man in America. And I wasn't public about it just because when I like split ways, I was like, I'm going to make my own name for myself and not be Dragon Man's daughter. Yeah. And I mean, it's stupid, but like now I'm like, okay, I feel like I made it and I could be a little bit more public about it. But same thing, like when I was little, you know, I'd sweep the shop and like clean up or, you know, whatever. And just for like some extra money and then went to college and was like, oh, I'm not doing anything in the gun industry. And then, you know, things happen and you just kind of get pulled back into that industry and it was to help the family business. And I can only imagine how busy you were in 2020 because I personally was teaching like five classes a week and I was just like so exhausted. And I mean, it was just in such high demand. I'm curious, going back to something you said, you said that you didn't have your name on your Instagram account. Is this because of your career that you were trying to pursue in the events industry that you were just like, and because guns are so politicalized that you didn't want that connection? Yeah, it was a little bit of both. And I thought, okay, it's better to start it without my name and add it down the road than the other way around. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I didn't know. I truly did not start my Instagram to be an Instagram, uh, you know, a public figure yeah. Um, per se. I truly, I started it private because I did not want 
to be on social media. Um, I didn't really even have a private account and it made me nervous. And I was actually back and forth on starting the account for about a year until a little bit of liquid courage and a lot of YouTubing uh, made me do it. (laughs) And so I was like, screw it, I'm just going to start it. And I kind of just didn't go back from there. But yeah, a lot had to do with the hotel industry for sure. Mm -hmm. And then I just thought, you know, why not? put my name out there. It's fine. Especially with Turning Point. That was the biggest thing that made me put my my real name out there. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Turning Point USA. So they're an organization that essentially gets like younger individuals into politics, you know, or they educate younger individuals. Mm-hmm. And I was part of Turning Point USA for a little bit. And when they approached you, what was it like that they said or like, how did that whole oh conversation gosh. go? It was very interesting. Every time I tell people this story, they're like, oh, we uh, I never would have thought that they're always like, how did you did you approach Turning Point? And I'm like, no, I truly didn't know that existed because I was not I am I was not like a political person or really enjoyed politics. It scared me because of my lack of knowledge Mm -hmm. and it intimidated me. So I was approached to first become an ambassador and an ambassador which is, you know, you get the free merch and you take a couple pictures and you just share that you're part of Turning Point. You get to go to the events. And I was like, uh, and it was right around the 2020 election. I was like, this is a little too fast. So uh, I kind of just said no. <laughs> and then a couple months later, I got approached by another person. Same thing couple months later, I was approached. It was about six or seven months of different departments approaching me separately. And I don't know if they knew that they were all approaching me, but the last one was a director of a department. He said, I just want to have you on for a production. And so I'm thinking, okay, like maybe he just wants me as like a guest expert. Fine. So he calls me, we have a conversation. I'm just chatting with him and he goes, great. Can you come down to headquarters? Little did I know that headquarters is in Phoenix, Arizona, 10 minutes from my house. I feel just like a straight idiot, not going to lie. And so I'm like, great. I'll, you know, we'll be there next week. So I go to headquarters. We do about an hour tour and I sit down with a couple directors and they say, okay, let's talk about your show. And in my head, you like, just imagine my eyes are like big and within like 0.2 seconds, I'm trying to process what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, it's my show. I'm having a show. You want me to come on and you want a production with me. And so I'm just like nodding. I'm like, yes, yep. Let's, let's talk about my show. (laughs) Trying to act like I knew this whole time. Like, oh my gosh, crap. And then it kind of was just like full speed from there. They had me in multiple meetings. I was like the next week I was in branding shoots. And then the next week I was like filming my intros and I was testing everything and I was naming the show and I was doing my branding guide and I had no idea what I was doing. And so that's kind of how I got into it. So technically for Turning Point, I am talent, which means I have a production or a show with them. And then I'm also a contributor. So a a second part of my agreement with them is that I do travel and speak to high schools and colleges around the country. And I speak to them about the Second Amendment. So any bills that are coming out, anything that's specific to their state or their area, we discuss it, you know, and debunking all the terms that mainstream media likes to throw at us. So that's my main job with them during the school year. And I really do enjoy it. And what were what was your like political stance before this? Like, obviously, I'm sure that you, you know, but like, I'm sure that you were, you know, kind of like right leaning. Mm-hmm. But how did you become so like educated on the topics? So I kind of was, I was just like, crap, if I'm going to do this, you know, and be respected in doing it, I need to make sure that I'm educating myself. Mm-hmm. So it kind of forced me into, I wouldn't say politics, but it forced me into uh, doing my own research where before working with Turning Point, I kind of was like, this is intimidating. It's a lot of intimidating topics. So I'm just kind of going to ignore it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to stay in my lane and I'm going to focus on guns and I'm going to wait for the people to come into the store to get lessons. And so when I was researching for my show, I needed to know all of the gun laws that were coming out. And at this time it was, I mean, it was 2021. So it was just 
gun bill after gun bill for gun control. I mean, it was every day there was something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I said, I literally sat down one day and I was like, we're just going to try this. So I opened up one of the bills and it was the assault weapons ban of 2021. And I read like the, I was like, let's just read the first page. And I'm going to start like in school, you're going to highlight the words that don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to like circle the phrases that I need help on. And I'm going to ask the teacher. So I started doing that. And I realized that I actually knew a lot more than I thought I did. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't highlighting a lot of words and I wasn't circling hardly any phrases. And the only phrases that I was circling were the phrases that were contradicting itself in its own text Mm -hmm. and so i'm over here like fact checking the gun bill (laughs) and i'm like this doesn't make any sense when you know on page 16 it references three different type of semi-automatic pistols when page one references a you know like a machine gun this doesn't and then i started getting angry because i was like this is manipulative and the government is manipulating their bills to leverage the lack of knowledge that you know american citizens have on guns because Unless they're you and I in this industry, guns are very, very confusing. The whole like two-way realm and the terms can get very confusing and convoluted. And I knew those terms. And so they kind of sparked a fire in me Mm -hmm. of, okay, well, I'm just going to start looking at all of them. And that's what really got me into the 2A political side of just educating in a different way. Yes, I educate how to use them, but also educating those and having those conversations with people who don't agree with me and kind of letting them know that what the mainstream media is saying is not correct. And here's why. (laughs) And that has opened up, I think, a lot of eyes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to take a quick break, talk about Gators iPro. Gators. So do your eyes a favor, upgrade your sunglasses and range glasses. All Gator lenses are safety rated, so they're good for shooting, but they also look great on the range too. Additionally, they have mil-spec ballistic lenses that are rated to take a hit from 15 caliber projectile at 700 feet per second without cracking. So this means like a high speed ricochet can hit the lens and they won't crack. They have a ton of styles and frames to choose from along with different colors and lenses. Check them out. Use the URL gators.com forward slash Ava15. And that URL is going to get you 15% off your entire order. What was it like going to colleges, especially because, you know, like I went to college in New York City and I don't think, you know, even though it was in New York City, I don't think that, you know, I mean, most colleges in general, regardless of where they're located, are typical, pretty liberal leaning. And I hate that, you know, especially because the teachers are. And then that's when, you know, students are extremely impressionable and they're trying to figure out who they are. And then they look to the teacher and then they kind of get brainwashed. So I could only imagine like going to these colleges to talk to college kids. And they're probably like kind of hating you right off the bat because a lot of them are already kind of leaning towards like hating guns. So what is that experience like? So I I feel lucky. You know, if you look at some Turning Point USA videos and speakers going, some people, you know, some of the contributors specialize in CRT, you know, critical race theory. Some are going to speak to them about, you know, abortion topics. So they have a much higher turnout than I do. And the reason why, and I'm I'm very grateful, is that you can't really argue guns. When it comes to other topics, they, you know, I feel like the left likes to use emotion and they can throw out a lot of scenarios. However, when when you're talking about firearms and you don't use the correct term or you don't know if you're not using the correct term, then your your argument is kind of watered down mm-hmm. and doesn't work. And so when they're coming, I have a couple people per, you know, per appearance that don't agree with me. And we have a conversation. I'm like, let's talk through it. Like, I thank you for one standing up and and not agreeing and please don't yell, but let's have a conversation about it. And like, let's see where you're at. And by the end of the conversation there, I'm like educating them on everything. And they don't, there's no words to be said because the terms that they're using are completely fueled by mainstream media. And so with guns, they have an emotion for it, but they don't know why. 
and they don't know what these terms are. They just know they just don't like it. So it's kind of like they don't really have an argument to give to me. So my, I mean, honestly, my appearances are pretty positive. I go, there are groups, like some groups who do not agree with me, but they have never stood up and said anything in the group. I can tell they're in the back corner. They're shaking their heads, you know, just by their body language when I'm speaking. And during the discussion time, I invite them up and I say, please, like, if you do not agree with me, let's talk about it. And they're like, no, I don't want to. I said, okay, that's totally fine. But I've never had a super negative experience like some of the things that you see on Turning Point's main page because there are some there are some crazy yeah crazy protesters out there but I don't have that and I've actually been pleasantly surprised there are some groups that I don't want to say that I'm uh labeling people or judging them by their cover but naturally I am and when they walk in I'm like oh crap that group is for sure not supportive of me yeah and this you know there might be issues and I remember this was in Colorado and at the end during the discussion, one of the individuals from that group stood up and she said, I just want you to know, I love guns and uh, my, my family uh, experienced an armed robbery and this is that she's like, I've taken classes. I carry this gun. And she started asking me like concealed carry questions. And I was so taken aback because I, I already had this preconceived notion of who she was and So I like going now. It was very eye-opening for me, but I like going with a completely open mind. And no, I feel like they've been very positive. Uh, The only one that I had to have a full police detail was in New York. And that was last year in uh, Buffalo. And it was actually two weeks before the Buffalo grocery store shooting. Mm -hmm. And it was about a mile away from that shooting. And that one uh, conservative speaker came in a week before I did. And there were multiple assaults that students had on other students and chasing them into bathrooms and assaulting them. Wow. And so after that, Turning Point ended up getting a full police detail on me just in case, but I had no protesters again. And it's just so eye-opening. Like a week later, and you guys aren't showing up to my event. Why? And so I started kind of figuring that out. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Let's talk about the show that you have. What is it located on? It's like Salem something. Salem Now and Real America's Voice. Okay. And what all does that show cover? So it is eight episodes, an eight episode series, and it's basically very reality TV, uh, reality TV like, and it's covering me and my life as I call myself just like a girly girl in the gun industry. And working full-time in the industry, teaching people. And then I'm also, it kind of guides me through signing up for my first competition. And my first competition, I was going to do like a USPSA match or something, but I decided to just jump in and do tactical games. Mm -hmm. If you haven't heard of tactical games, it's a two-day competition. They travel around the country and do it. And it's awesome. It's like a mixture of CrossFit and shooting with a rifle and pistol. You do full plate carrier, full kit, and it's exhausting. So you do, you know, there's four, uh, what is it? Four or eight, four, four a day, four battles a day. And uh, they're about 15 to 20 minute workouts and you're having to shoot for accuracy. So it goes into me kind of training and preparing for that and having the confidence to do that because I kind of just jumped into it. And then there's a little plot twist at the end where I signed up for the beginner group and the competition, you know, like manager basically found out who I was and he put me in the elite group with like professional CrossFit athletes. Mm. Uh, So that was interesting. (laughs) It was so much fun though. Um, I had an amazing time. So that the show kind of puts you through that entire process. It, It shows a little bit of my personal life, me running my own business, my parents running their business, um, and kind of how all that coincides. Nice. Very nice. I'm going to take another quick break. Talk about Mantis. Paige, do you have any experience with Mantis or do you use it with your students by chance? Yeah, I mostly uh, I've tried a little bit of it. I actually started it when it first came out, but I love using their dry fire bore laser. I use that in every single lesson. And how do you use it? If you don't mind me asking. 
uh, the dry fire bore laser pops into the chamber and it's just a little laser. I think it, it literally looks like a cat toy. Mm-hmm. But when you dry fire and press the trigger, the firing pin strikes the back and it has a little red dot that'll appear on your target. And so when I use it just with the dry fire bore laser, I want my students to have a solid red dot. Mm-hmm. And if there's a squiggle, you know how you can take a laser and kind of like squiggle it and yep. it drags. If that happens, that means there's some sort of movement or fluctuation in their grip or some sort of flinch when they're pulling the trigger with dry fire. So it just gives you some level of feedback. I love using that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, you know, training device. Uh, They have lots of other training devices. Check it out, mantisx.com. Let's talk about some of your training. So you said that you, before we started the show, you said that you specialize in training people with disabilities. And you said even if like they're blind or deaf, which I thought was interesting. I don't think, I mean, I've trained, so I've been an instructor for 10 years now and I've pretty much seen everything, but I don't think I've ever trained somebody who is blind. Tell me about that experience. So everyone is different. And I kind of, the first time I trained a uh, legally blind person was, I was in like my probably third year of of teaching mm-hmm. and they they signed up for a class and they came with their friend and they sat through the entire classroom portion without telling me. And then we got to the range portion and I'm having them prep and I can tell she's struggling or she's just moving slow. And... I go up to help her and that's when she decides to tell me while I'm blind. (laughs) And I was like, oh, crap. So uh, she actually helped me a lot, this one student, because I started doing private lessons with her and I was just asking her a lot of questions on how I can help her Mm -hmm. and what her experience is like. And then I started doing other research on, you know, legally blindness and just talking to other people about it. But basically... Everyone is different, but legally blind people can still see, and this is not encompassing everyone, but a majority can still see some level of shadow or silhouette or something, right? If they look at their phones, they have to bring their phones really close up and they zoom everything in so that they're able to see it a little bit better. So it's not like they're pitch black. Mm -hmm. And there are people out there who are just pitch black, but this is they can see it, but very, very, very blurry or hardly at all. And so what I do is it's a lot of, I mean, I've shot with my eyes closed before, you know, you make sure you're in a safe environment, but it's kind of like you and I handling a gun with our eyes shut. Mm-hmm. You have to feel it. You have to, you have to hear it. Um, you have to hear that round go into the chamber. So you're just using your other senses rather than visually inspecting it. But then also how do you feel that the round is in the chamber. So you're hearing it and feeling it. So using those other senses to ensure that the gun is, you know, in the condition that you want when it's loaded versus unloaded. And then when we're working with a target, what I do is I just kind of assess them and I put a silhouette target out there. Normally like, you know, the the cardboard IPSC targets mm-hmm. and I send it out and I start right in the front, like zero yards, right? Their nose basically touching it. And I say, can you, can you see this? They say, yeah, absolutely. And then I go out further, two yards, three yards, four yards, and sometimes less uh, smaller increments. And they start to tell me, okay, I can't see that. I can see a silhouette. I can see this. Can you see an arm? Can, you know, and I start assessing that. And then we start testing. Okay, well, you're, you're at five yards. So we know that you can safely, encounter, you know, some level of danger at five yards. And then I start training them on defensive mindset. And if you need to use your firearm, you can't just point and shoot because what if that person is not the bad guy? Now you're going to jail. And so we start talking about verbals and how to use your verbals and how to how to use cover and how to use your body. Uh, So it's that type of training and just really leveraging their strengths rather than just seeing. Nice. Interesting. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's excellent training, I guess. It's uh, wild. It's yeah. very fun because every, every person is different. Mm-hmm. And then deaf people, I use, you know, the little like puck lights that you can buy on, you know, Amazon or whatever. They're mm-hmm. just little lights and you can change colors. Yeah. You like push button them. So I can actually magnetize those to the range. And so I mostly just do red ceasefire, green fire. So if I'm teaching one or two, like I've taught a family before. I can have, you know, two or three shooters at a time. Normally I start with 
two, just so I make sure that my ratio is good with the new shooters. But I just handle it and I press the green button for when they're ready to shoot and then red when I want them to stop shooting. Um, So we do a lot of that. And then obviously hiring an interpreter just so that I'm not trying to, I know a little bit of sign language, but nothing to that extent. Yeah. Just so that their experience is more enjoyable. Nice. Very cool. And then you also travel all over and teach classes. And I've noticed a lot of times you'll post on your social media like, hey, guys, like I just saw recently you're going to Denver. And so I'm assuming, you know, either you're teaching a private class or you give people the opportunity to sign up for whatever class you're teaching. Yeah. Yeah. So I mostly do private lessons. I the only time I really do, I have classes. A lot of them are going to be in uh, Tucson, Arizona. So South of Phoenix, mm-hmm. uh, I can do classes. I'm actually, you know, in coming up, I've got a private class for a family. So that's kind of where my classes come in, but mostly this is private lessons. So one-on-one or two on one, and then it goes over whatever that specific student wants. That's what I've noticed. A lot of my students want is that one-on-one time and really specific to their needs. So for Colorado, for instance, I'm going to Denver in February. I'm going to Triple J Armory and they they host me. So I get to use their classroom and their range. And then, yes, I give people the opportunity to book one or two hour lessons. They can book the whole day if they want with me. And then we go over, we go through my curriculum in a very private setting. Nice. Yeah. I like those guys at Triple J. They're nice. Oh, they're so awesome. They're so nice. The range is beautiful and a really good area. Yeah, absolutely. And if anybody wants to sign up for any of your classes or any of your one-on-one teachings, where can they find your schedule or where can they do that? Everything is on my website, somechickwhoshoots.com. And then you can also find me on Instagram, somechickwhoshoots. So everyone wants to do some chick that shoots or mm-hmm. some girl, you'll get it eventually. Yeah. But some chick who shoots. Yeah. All right. And aren't you in Colorado? I am. Yeah. I'm in Colorado Springs. So about like an hour-ish, a little over an hour from where Triple J is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, my I've got family in Denver. I'm just not there very often. It's so cold. I know. Don't get me started. I'm actually working towards having a winter house in Arizona. So either oh, way, yay. we'll meet up. <laughs> you need to try you need to try Tucson. I just recently moved to Tucson and the views are better, the people are better, it's less busy, it's more like conservative blue collar fun. Oh my gosh, it's so cool. I love yeah. Tucson. Yeah. I cuz I'm I I'm with you. Like I cannot do this cold anymore. Mhm. So, all right. Well, moving on with the rest of the show. So, IWI Paige, have you had a chance to check out the Masada Slim by chance? I have not. I'm a huge fan of it. It's very close to like, I'd say in size between like the P365 and P365 XL. It shoots really well. It comes with two 13 round mags or 10 if you live in restricted states. And then it's also compatible with Jericho mags as well. So if you wanted, you know, something with more mag capacity. Best of all, though, it's so it's like optic ready. It has all these upgrades, really nice trigger. And then MSRP is only 450. And recently I've been seeing it pop up for like 380. So it's like a really legit gun for the cost. And so if anybody's looking to upgrade or get an EDC, definitely check out the IWI Masada Slim. And then its big brother, which is just the Masada or the Masada Tactical. Those are also MSRP of 450. Check it out, iwi.us. If you find any accessories in their web store, don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15, all one word, that gets you 15% off. And I've I've shot the standard IWI, the Masada. Yeah. But I can't remember for the life of me what, like, what is the trigger like? What is it or what does it compare to? You know, kind of how like Springfield and Glock kind of have kind of similar triggers. Yeah. Is it is it more like a SIG trigger or... I can't remember. I would say I would say it's more like similar to the Smith and Wesson 2.0 trigger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah more of like that curve. The yeah. So the slim though is definitely a little bit different than like the regular Masada. And okay. 
it just has a nice trigger. Like, you know how most stock triggers just in general aren't really that great. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I really like this trigger. Very short reset or, you know, travel. And then also, I think what I love about it the most is it just doesn't have a lot of recoil for its size. Because like, regardless, like most of these little tiny guns are going to have quite a bit of recoil. But it was just it was really easy for me to shoot. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend checking it out. I need to try it. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Today in politics, Maryland's infringement struck down. Just before Thanksgiving, citizens of Maryland scored a big victory in a three-judge court of appeals in the state's handgun purchase law. The law, which was enacted in 2016, required a lengthy delay in process to obtain a handgun license before a person could legally purchase a gun. The appeals court found that the law violates the Second Amendment by hindering the right to acquire a handgun. The license requires submitting fingerprints for a background check, a firearm safety training course with live fire, which is funny because it only requires one live like one round. I I saw that. <laughs> and then and waiting up to 30 days for approval before you start the rest of the process. From the judge's opinion, he said the challenge law restricts the ability of law abiding adult citizens to possess handguns. And the state has not presented a historical analog that justifies its restriction. Indeed, it has seemingly admitted that it couldn't find one. Under the Supreme Court's new burden-shifting test for these claims, Maryland's new law thus fails and we must enjoin its enforcement. So we reversed the district's court contrary decision. The lone dissenting judge, Barbara Keenan, appointed by Obama in an extremely weak argument, tried to claim that the quote-unquote infringe means to destroy totally and therefore the long burdensome process isn't infringing. Her argument was based purely on semantics of the definition of the word infringe and then contradicted herself, which said to hinder, which is clearly not destroyed, which Paige is very similar to like what you said. A lot of these things like they contradict themselves or you start reading the bill and you're just like, this doesn't even make sense. And it's almost like they used like a really crappy copy and paste job and they didn't read through it before they submitted it. Well, it's um, like they're having AI build it out or something or build out right? the argument and it yes. just doesn't work. I know. I um, completely agree. I love the fact I love the fact that everyone, you know, all these different states in Supreme Court are looking to that that ruling that New York had in twenty twenty two, I believe it was like June of twenty twenty two, about their infringing on the Second Amendment when it comes to uh, who can have a concealed carry permit. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember that ruling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember what it's what the thing was called though i talked about it i don't remember what it was called but it was it had to do with if they were a shall issue or a may issue and they were a may issue concealed carry state but they were you basically had to jump through hoops and explain why you deserve to have a concealed carry permit so they were only releasing permits to people of some sort of status high level, like high celebrities. And so the Supreme Court ruled it that it was unconstitutional because it was discriminating against its citizens. And so they ruled it down and it has like started this wave of all these other states ruling that all of this is like this gun control is unconstitutional, which is just lovely. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, even like this one. So you have to, you know, do the background check, take the training and then wait 30 days before you could start the rest of the process. I would hate to be in that position where if something happened and I needed a gun, you know, like let's say 2020, like that was such an unknown time for so many people. And that was when so many people that were anti-gun were taking training. And I'm sure you can agree with me because that's all my students. It was just all these mm-hmm. people that were like anti-gun. And now they're like, oh, man, like the costs aren't going to show up unless it's like, you know, some deadly attack, if that. And it's probably going to take a while. So better take safety in our own hands. And, you know, so imagine if like there's just all these unknowns, there's, you know, just lots of crime breaking out. There are shortages and stuff like that. And like it was a scary time. And now you need a gun, but you have to wait, you know, this says 30 days, but like even in Colorado, in order to get a concealed carrier permit, it was taking about three months to get a an appointment with the sheriff's office and then like another three months before it would arrive in the mail. So that's like six months that you're waiting. So, I mean, even that should be, you know, I mean, there should be some sort exactly. of time limit. Um, well, and pe- 
people always want to argue. I had a conversation with someone about this uh, last week where, you know, they're they're talking about mental health and, well, we want all these checks and all these delays. And I'm like, you got to think about like domestic violence victims or, you know, someone who just experienced their house getting broken in. Like they're a, they're a hot target right now. Mm-hmm. And the bad guy is not going to go through that process. And maybe they will, but their their motives are still the same and you're only disarming i say this time and time again i feel like a broken record but you're you're only disarming and restricting law abiding citizens to be able to protect themselves against the bad guys because the bad guys are not going to be listening to all of these gun laws i know i agree Anyway, so now, like, what's next uh, now that the law is struck down? So the state of Maryland will most likely appeal the case to the Fourth Circuit and Bonk, which, you know, the whole court. It may get heard. If not, they're most likely appeal the Supreme Court. Right now, there are several similar cases working their way up to SCOTUS, and one of them is likely to get taken up soon since liberal portions of the court system continue to violate the directives of Bruin. Stay tuned for that. This segment is brought to you from Rose by Sig Sauer. Paige, normally I play a recording of an interview that I did with somebody who was on the SIG retreat. Um, In this case, I'm just going to ask you a few questions because (laughs) we actually met on the retreat And I've known of you for a while. And like, even you said, when you met me, you were like, yeah, a lot of people have asked if I've met you and, you know, and we haven't like our paths just didn't cross for quite a few years. Yeah. Um, But finally, you know, the, the Sig Rose retreat, we met up and like, that was just, I don't know. I thought that was like such a fun retreat. Your story is a little bit different from some of the other people that went there. And to my understanding, SIG asked you to come along as a firearms instructor and kind of like critique how, you know, what you thought of the program and stuff. And I mean, do you mind if I ask, like, what were your thoughts of the entire retreat? Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So I know I've had the opportunity to get to know some of the, you know, like SIG, Sour colleagues and really gain a relationship with them over the past year, year and a half. And so they, they knew my background and they said, we want, you know, I knew about Rose and they wanted me to come onto the retreat to just same thing. Like, and I don't know if like critique is the right word. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to down talk Lena's abilities. Like she's incredible, but just to kind of give my feedback on the whole experience as a whole. Cause I have done a lot of these events and SIG is of course being SIG and just elevating it and making the experience just 10 out of 10. So I had the opportunity to go and I loved how they didn't make it all just about shooting. They dabbled a little bit in concealed carry. They dabbled a little bit in, you know, just like a one or two day class. You're getting an hour or two with Lena and learning a couple things on the range and learning those processes. And they, what I like a lot is that they separated the two groups. And I don't know if this is going to work. I know they just had the Chicago retreat. I don't know if they continued this, but in Nashville, they separated the groups into brand, brand new shooters Mm -hmm. and into more experienced. Like you and I were obviously in the experience group. And so when we were on range, we maybe got into a little bit more uh, intermediate techniques. So I did like that they separated us into that. That way we were able to learn different things or the group was able to learn different things. But I would say my only thing that I wish, and I and I told Sig this, um, the only thing that I wish that they did is the process of learning or with the topics that were covered on range kind of jumped. It kind of came from a competition style shooting where a lot of these women are just wanting to conceal carry Mm -hmm. and carry a firearm on them. So for instance, we went from loading the gun to stance and the the fundamental foundational technique of shooting to quick reloads. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of stuff in between that. You know, there's proper trigger press, there's reading your target, there's all of these other foundational techniques that you can use on the range than getting a speed reloaded because a lot of these women will probably not carry an extra mag. Mm -hmm. So little things like that is, is what I was looking at from an instructor standpoint. I'm not saying what, what I say they have to change, but it was, 
mm-hmm. it was all positive. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. What were some of your favorite parts about the retreat? Oh my gosh, line dancing and two-stepping was uh, so much fun. Well, that's because don't you have like, you have quite a bit of background in dancing. Whereas like me over here, I'm like, okay, even though I'm from Colorado, I left when I was 18, went to New York City. They don't really do the two-step thing there. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so, so it was like such, you know, it was like such a learning experience for me and then I'm not coordinated. But you were like up, uh, you know, up in the front, just killing it. I'm in the back, like bumping into people as they're going right. I'm going left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I thought it was. Well, yeah. So I grew up doing competitive dance and gymnastics and cheer. So I loved it. And then my fiance is he like he and I dance all the time. Whenever we have a chance, we will dance. He's an incredible dancer. He will not line dance. He thinks that's for girls only, mm. but he will two-step and, and dance me. And so I just, I love all of it. It uh, makes me so happy. That's so sweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the like the experiences that they had, um, you know, like the dolly bar that we went to and like mm-hmm. did the mingling. There's some of the stuff that like I feel like if we ever went to Nashville, we couldn't really experience because there's such high level bars that like they're they're very hard to get into yeah. or restaurants and experiences. Uh, I just thought I I thought the overall experience was great. But oh, yeah. I would say for sure line dancing. <laughs> Yeah. So if anybody's wondering, so SIG rented out, it's, I think it's called White Limousine, which is Dolly Parton's mm-hmm. bar restaurant. And that is usually pretty hard to even get into. And it was like so cute inside. It was all like pink. And they had somebody there who was like a fake Dolly Parton, but like so freaking close to the real thing. <laughs> yeah. And she was just adorable. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. I have to ask, have you kept in touch with anybody that you met on the retreat or have you joined the Rose Community Facebook group? Yeah, so I've I've been part of the Rose Community Facebook group, I would say, since it started. And I really kept in touch. I was able to meet, um, I call them the two Ashleys because they're best friends, Ashley Jones. Yeah. And her friend Ashley that she just like brought along. But Ashley Jones is Grantham's wife. Mm. And she was awesome. She actually, those two girls came out they did a, a class out in Phoenix this, this summer and uh, my fiance and I uh, ended up taking them to, we took them to Buffalo Chip in Arizona, which is a, a country bar and massive. There's bull riding, uh, there's line dancing, there's two-stepping. And so we got to see them again. I think they're coming out again soon. Uh, so I've stayed in touch with them, I think the most. And then Tessa Booth is armed and styled. She's like the concealed carry uh, whiz Mm -hmm. when it comes to all of that. I've known her since before she started her account. She actually followed me and we became friends. So we always stay in touch. And then obviously you. Nice. I love it. Yeah. Actually, I've noticed the two Ashleys, like since they went on this retreat, they've like taken up training quite a bit because they also, Mike and I, we stay in touch. Like we talk like maybe once a week. And Mm -hmm. I talked to him like a few months ago, and he mentioned that the two Ashleys, they were taking training with uh, Haley Strategic. Yep. And I was just like, good for them. Like, they're just like going all in, like taking it really seriously. And, yeah. you know, so they took awesome. uh, they took the D7 class, the Haley Strategic D7, which is their live fire simulator class. It's amazing. I've had the opportunity to kind of like co-teach it and uh, be a student in it as well. But they use a 300 degree simulator and then a flat simulator to run through more like concealed carry and legal aspects of using a firearm um, or using it for deadly force. And the girls took that. And that was when they took that, we took them out after. Nice. I love that. It was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say? I mean, would you say that this would be a really, you know, like a good way to get somebody, let's say like a husband or boyfriend is like, man, I want to get my girlfriend into guns. Like, would you say that this retreat would be like suitable for them? Or even if it's just a woman listening to the show, which I have tons of women listeners. And even just last week, I did a giveaway and I, this show comes out, it's pre-recorded. So next show I'll, I'll announce like who the winner is, but I was surprised by like how many women even just like emailed me with the catchphrase in order for them to enter the giveaway. But would you say that like, you know, any woman who's like thinking about like, you know, maybe going to the next retreat, would you say that this would be a good idea for them to get their feet wet? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this, what I love about this retreat is I always, I, I am trying not to, but in 
you know, Ava, our heads were part of the industry. Mm -hmm. And so we've got, you know, I kind of know women who I can talk to in a network of women. But if you're getting into guns, you don't have a network where I, I know a lot of women who want to get into guns, but they're you know, their group or their community is not supportive. So they just kind of feel singled out. And this is an amazing, like amazing experience to meet women who are like-minded, women who are of your skill level and to learn and bond and create lifetime friendships while also empowering yourself and learning different networking opportunities and companies that you can work with when it comes to the concealed carry world of carrying a firearm on you. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, I like life-changing, especially if you want to get into this community, absolutely do it. Cause there's nothing, there's no other events like this. Like Mm -hmm. SIG, of course, just knocks out of the park and goes all in and makes it a 10 out of 10 luxury experience. Mm -hmm. Absolutely agree. If you guys are interested in finding out more about the uh, SIG Rose, head on over to SIGSour.com forward slash Rose. And then in the meantime, feel free to join the community Facebook group just by searching Rose Community. Caldwell. Caldwell has some of the most affordable quality steel targets around, and they just expanded their line to include target stands, which is huge because I remember a few years ago, they sent me all kinds of steel and I was like, cool, but I need some stands and started searching for quality stands. And like, there was just like nothing great out there. And the things that like the stands that I did order, I swear, just like straight up came from like another country, they fell apart. It was just a disaster. So I'm so glad that they're making stands. And on top of that, they're only $39.99. These are like a multi-purpose design and they have like one and a half inch slots to be used with cardboard silhouette targets. And then they also have an angle two by four slot for holding steel targets, which they're capable of holding the full-size IPSC target without falling over. The full-size steel IPSC target, should I say. Uh, They are uh, steel construction, powder coated, and then it comes with ground stakes on top of that. Like I said, $39.99. If you use the code GUNFUNNY10, all one word, you're going to get 10% off your entire order. And that is CaldwellShooting.com. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Today in Tacti Talk, PTR shows off South Carolina's PTR Industries, which, Paige, are you familiar with PTR? No, explain it to me. Uh, So it's a company. I actually don't have a ton of experience with them. I know that they're known for, like, making clone MP5s, and I think they also do, like, the HK91. Have you heard of the Archon pistol? It came out in 2018 at SHOT Show. I remember a few friends actually having it, and it kind of, like, had this, like, cool, sleek design that sort of looked sort of like carbon fibers 3d printed on the grip okay and it was making the rounds and then it sort of like disappeared under the radar and i guess it like shifted production or whatever through another company but ptr just recently i think maybe they bought the company and they have them in production now with a new second generation design. So basically the design has a slide lower in the grip than typical firearms And it also doesn't have like, so it has like this patented breech locking system, which eliminates the need for a tilting barrel, which I was like, huh, that's interesting. Like, I don't know of any other handgun that doesn't have that tilt barrel that is like semi-auto, but this gives you several advantages like to not need a piston and suppressor. And then the slide, it's more lower than like your typical designs. The lower bore axis helps reduce torque on the grip for lower felt recoil. The new Gen 2 version has all the features of the Gen 1 Type B with a new innovative grip system. The grip system has a different texture and a modular design that lets you tailor it for grip preference as well as full-size compact and subcompact. The Gen 1 has an MSRP of $855. The Gen True is $960 and they're supposed to start shipping now. PTR also has a new flow-through suppressor series called the Vent. The Vent 1 is made for 308, Vent 2 is for 9mm, and Vent 3 is for 556. 
They use like a monolithic 3D printed titanium with standard thread adapters and are full auto rated. The 3D printing technology allows for advanced and intricate baffle geometry that you couldn't machine. So it's supposed to be like incredibly quiet. I guess Pew Science is currently testing one. So I'm sure you'll be hearing about that soon. But pretty cool. I personally have never shot the Archon Type B pistol, but I've held it and kind of played around with it and it felt pretty good in my hands. Maybe I'll have the opportunity now that it's, you know, back in production. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always down to try new guns. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I'll shoot anything that goes bang. (laughs) Smith & Wesson. I'm sure you have experience with Smith & Wesson, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have you tried out like their new FPC, their folding pistol carbine? No. So this is the one thing that I do miss about working in an indoor range is my access to like just trying new guns. I can still do it. But when I go to the range, I'm just teaching. Yeah. And so I don't have like the time to play around or test these guns coming out so no i I have not had the opportunity to try it i mean let's face it like if you had to keep up to date with everything going on in the firearms industry you'd be exhausted so i don't blame you (laughs) this is kind of cool so it's like a folding carbine kind of similar to like the sub 2000 but much better in my opinion because it doesn't fold like upwards it folds off to the side so if you do have an optic on it you know it could still remain mounted it comes with one 17 round mag and then two 23 round mags, which uh, you would hold like in the buttstock. There's like a little placement for them. And mm-hmm. best of all, MSRP is only $659. So pretty incredible for, you know, what you're getting. Check it out. Smith-Wesson.com. Oh, I'm looking at a picture of it now that it's got like a, a standard MMP full-size grip too. Yeah, I know. I feel like everything that they come out with now, like even that 12 gauge that they came out with, uh, lots of different guns, like they all are just like specialized in that grip because then you can change out the grips, like the little, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's like... The back straps. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, I haven't even seen this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm, okay. Stupid, funny, cool. Interesting. Awesome. As f- Never mind. AF. All right. Today's AF segment. Selfies, a public health hazard, which this article is literally telling me nothing that I didn't already know. But basically right now, people are going to extremes to take selfies. So much so that it's now considered a public health hazard by researchers and requires safety messaging. Multiple studies point to deaths from the trend since 2011. Selfie-related deaths at aquatic locations stand out as well as in scenic and photogenic areas. Falls from heights to get that perfect selfie are the most common cause of injury and death. Drowning was the second most common cause. Young females had the highest rate of occurrence. One of the most common causes was falling off a cliff. Buildings and other structures are less likely, but still alarmingly high. Frequently, it's from tourists in beautiful vacation spots. And then on top of that, people have been attacked by deer, moose, bear, and other animals that they've tried to grab a selfie with. Since they considered it a public health risk, they say that there should be a public health risk communication response. Some risk reduction methods have included no selfie zones, barriers, and signage in different areas, but it hasn't been very successful, obviously. (laughs) This is insane. I know. But like, think about it, like in the age of like, you know, or like the quote, like, do it for the gram. I mean, how many times have you done something where you're like, I really don't want to do this, but all right, we'll just do this for the gram. Or like even, okay, so for example. Literally never, Ava. No. Oh, okay. (laughs) Like I've never. (laughs) <laughs> but I didn't want to start a social media account. <laughs> so but, even recently oh when I was in Florida, like two weeks ago, well, we caught some like really cool fish, including like a big shark. And a lot of people were like passing around the boat, taking pictures with it. And in my mind, just because I love animals, I'm like, you know what, this fish or this shark or whatever we caught, I'm like, it's been out of water for a while now. Its mouth is probably killing it. 
And so a lot of times I'd like turn down taking a picture with it because I was like, nah, you know, it needs to get back in the water like, you know, soon. Yeah. And I don't know. And then but how many times do you see like on social media, like somebody getting up really close to like a bear and its cubs to take a picture to record a video? Or even if you click on the link that this article came from, there's a guy who's taking a selfie with a deer and I guess it's in rutting season. Uh, which means that it's like a mating season. So they're uh-huh. a little bit more, you know, I guess they're not as nice during the season. And sure enough, the guy like gets hit with the antlers and it broke his ribs. And, you know, I mean, people are just doing such stupid things that they normally wouldn't well, do if it wasn't for a phone oh, and capturing content. A hundred percent. A woman, I believe, died in northern Arizona like a couple weeks ago because same thing, she was trying to get a picture. I think it was with an elk. It was an elk or a deer, but basically it trampled her and she tried to get close to it. And obviously, like, it doesn't want to be near you. Yeah. And she died. I'm pretty sure that was a week ago or a couple weeks ago. It was very, very recent though in northern Arizona. Dang. It's bonkers. Who would have thought, too, that like a deer or an elk could do that? But I guess, I mean, they're pretty big animals. They're massive. Yeah. They're massive animals. All they have to do is like, you know, raise a leg and stomp on you. Yeah, that's true. That's crazy. Do it. Do it for the gram. Gosh. See, this is this is the thing. Like why y'all are focusing so much on taking guns away. Like the phones are, are killing us. I know. Think about how many car accidents are happening because people are texting while driving. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's actually like it, it is funny how like they're trying to disarm us. But like, you know, even swimming pools, for example, and this is kind of off topic, but like how many deaths do swimming pools in general? And this isn't people taking selfies. This is just people or children drowning, you know, and yet nobody has to do any any sort of like certification or anything crazy to get a swimming pool put in their backyard. But like, right. let's think about how many or deaths boats. Yeah. Like owning a boat. Oh my gosh, people are so dumb in boats. They Mm -hmm. just think like no rules apply when we're on water. And that's how so many deaths happen. We go to like Powell every year, a couple times a year. And it's just so scary. Well, even just recently when I was in Florida, we had to be careful like navigating like when we were just like on the shore-ish because there's so many sandbanks. And for the most part, unless you really get out into the ocean, there's so many places that you know, there's sand just like four feet below the boat. And mm-hmm. if people, they're just like, oh, we're on water and they're going super fast. And if they hit a sandbank or something, I mean, it could be deadly. Yeah. So, yeah. There's it's, just, unfortunately, there's just not a lot of common sense these days. I know. I was like, we're, I mean, like I have hope for people, but there's a lot of stupidity out there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know if I have hope. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps going downhill. Just Literally the reason why I don't leave my house that much anymore. <laughs> I'm trying to be optimistic over here. We'll see if it works. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. So Franklin Armory. Have you ever shot a binary trigger? Yes. I love it. I, especially Franklin Armory, they make them for all different kinds of guns. Right now, they have their AK binary trigger on sale. But also, can I just say, so like one, you should get it from Franklin Armory, but also be on the lookout for sales. And I don't think Franklin Armory would mind me saying this, but like I saw so many great Black Friday deals and I have to believe that the same thing's going to happen like around Christmas. So if you don't get what you want for Christmas and you're hoping there was a binary trigger under the tree. I would say like, you know, the day after Christmas, like keep an eye out and really search for those deals because I was seeing them as far as like even as much as like half off. But they do have them for all different platforms, including like the AK 1022, just all kinds of stuff. And it is so much fun. In the meantime, though, check it out. FranklinArmory.com. Remember to use the code AVA. That's A-V-A. And that's going to get you 10% off your entire order. And then lastly, iTunes reviews. So we are still going on once we hit 10 reviews, which you guys are doing really great about writing reviews. And once we hit 10, I'm going to take those 10 people and draw a lucky winner to win a AccuTech bipod. This is from Casper Paint B titled Great Show Five Stars. Great guests and great topics. You are my first podcast to listen to every Monday. Keep it up. And I'm loving Pew Pew Panel. 
Oh, that's nice. And then a second is Machine 648 titled Ava, five stars. This podcast has been consistently good. I don't know how she gets so many great guests with amazing information. It's interesting to get a female perspective on the gun industry and Ava's advice has helped me quite a bit. Thank you for all your hard work. All right, perfect. And then now it's time to wrap up. So guys, you can find me at gunfunny.com. There's links to everything on there. If you enjoy the show and you want to support it, consider becoming a patron. You could do so by just going to gunfunny.com click on the support the show link. Also blown deadline. He's given away a $300 gift certificate every month to a lucky Patreon. And then also want to thank the $25 Patreons who are Sake Holsters, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Calamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Tristan Smith, Melissa Ridings, and William Knave. And then King of the Patreon is of course, Jon Snow. And Paige, thank you so much. I know you're super busy. You're traveling all over the place. I do appreciate the time that you've made to, you know, let us talk to you. In the meantime, can you... Thanks for having me on. Of course. In the meantime, can you just remind listeners once again where they can follow you on social media and then where they can sign up to take one of your like one-on-one trainings? Yes. So for both Instagram and my website is some chick who shoots. So Instagram is just some chick who shoots all one word, no underscores. And then my website is some chick who shoots.com. There you can find my YouTube channel, Instagram, and all of my availability. I have my availability through March right now, and I always add to it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And guys, I will talk to you next week. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.